always interrupt me. So I'm hoping today will be a an okay day for that. You get a lot of drive-bys. Oh yeah, it's it, they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting because the uh, podcast I did the other day was, I, I think the title of it, I can't remember if, if I did this title or not, but it was how to make end users care. That's a good one. And uh, well, if I ever figure out the answer, please let me know. <laughs> That's what I said. So everyone out there, uh, I hit record, by the way. I was trying to, you know, I like to try to capture as as much realness as possible. Everyone uh, listening, <clears throat> we are speaking with Thomas. Is it Goral or Goral? I don't want to, you know. Uh, Goral is fine. You know, I, have this, or. I have this insecurity with names. I usually always pick the wrong pronunciation because subconsciously I must not, I must know, you know. Um, we're going to start off with a post that you that you posted which is the 10 layers of the OSI model I yes. thought there were 7 layers but now we've got 10 layers so I don't know can you expl- explain me this can you explain me this sure sure so it's kind of interesting right because the theoretical approach is that there are 7 layers um, and that's kind of funny you mention that because I you know, in textbooks, I've only heard of the, the seven myself, but um, I received a request from the IT director of, uh, um, um, what was it again? Argonne National Laboratory to where he wanted something that had 10. And going back and forth, I'm like, what are the other three? So, you know, I was provided some, kind of details in reference to it. And uh, yeah, I designed a, a poster uh, per his request. So uh-huh. um, yeah, it, it's, 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 you know, obviously it's different. It's something that people are probably Wait, not so did you of, design this, what I'm looking at? Yes. This is, by the way, this little website or uh, what is this anyways? It's wicked cool. Because uh, I usually... Every now and then I'm looking up different things that would be cool to put up in, you know, an MSP's office or something like that. Maybe I want to send someone, <clears throat> you know, picture of an OG Apple computer, something like that. But this is great. There's no yeah, no one can see because this is an audio show, you have no clue what I'm looking at right now. But what <laughs> we're looking at is the shopping cart. Is this your site? Uh, yeah, tomgirl.net. That's uh that's that's a kind of a yeah, a site I created for myself just as a hobby. No, no, no. This is cool. So, you know, it's basically stuff that if you're in IT and kind of nerdy, you should put this up in your office. And you should have a hat on here, by the way, that's dissecting popular IT nerds. And we'll just swap this around. And we'll keep the glasses and just put a beard. Just turn it around. And then that would be <laughs> Yeah, me. that's a good idea too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've been thinking, I've got to put together, I've already got the nerd glasses, which I haven't sent out yet. They're in the box right now. I've got like a, a, like a ton of pairs of like, you know, like horn rimmed glasses with tape in the middle that I'm going to send out to special people. Uh, but you know, this is really cool. So look, you got the seven layers of the OSI model, which is probably what I'm going to order to put up in my office. And then we've got this 10 layers and you're putting the eighth layer, by the way, for a little bit of education, if there's anyone out there that's actually listening to this show that for whatever reason that might have no clue, what does OSI stand for? Oh, you're asking me? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, open Systems Interconnection Module, or model, I should say. Why do you think they named it that? It's just kind of weird. Like, it just seems like, you know, can't we just name it something more simple that makes sense? Well, I mean, everything's conceptual, right? So you, you probably have some scientists of sorts that need to make it sound probably fancier than what it is. And that's probably what ended up happening, right? They're like, oh, well, we got to standardize this across the board and, and we have to come up with a fancy name with it as well. So that, that'd be my concept of it. Let's go through the layers. Let's go through the, the, the original seven. And was it always seven? Didn't we used to just have like four layers or something? Well, there, there, are, wasn't, there wasn't really like an application layer. There was like, you know, and you hear people say layer three, layer two, layer, you know, Comcast is only layer two. You know, you hear this all the time, but let's just kind of maybe this is like an interesting subject. Um, let's just go through each layer. So we got first layer, physical layer. 
and I'm doing this too as for education for people that might want to start out in IT or uh, AKA my son who's 15. I'm going to make him listen to this episode so he so he goes through the different layers of the OSI model. But layer one is what? So, I mean, if you look at the physical layer, right, that, that would be your cabling, the coax, fiber, um, that kind of ordeal, right? It's something you could physically touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's probably the best way to look at that. That's kind of where you start, right? AKA your, in your, your, your internet connection. I'm holding on to it. I'm going to plug it in to a switch. Yes. Yes. That's, that's physical, right? Something mm-hmm. you can see that that's the best way I can put it. Yep. And then of course, you know, once you start getting into like, let's say in this case, the data link layer, right? That's, that's something where now you have an ethernet cable and you're thinking to yourself, well, what passes through the ethernet cable? And mm-hmm. the best way to look at that is a frame. Right, mm. um, and then once it gets into the network layer, which you're, now you're well, let's, let's explain a little bit more because the people sure. aren't going to understand that. Oh, uh, I get it. So, sure. are we talking IP packets? What are we talking here? Let's explain this on a more like simplistic, real layman's term. And we can we're explaining this to like. I don't know. I'm I'm speaking to I don't want to say the trash guy because a I have a lot of friends that are trash guys and even own like junk companies. But yeah, we'll just. Um, uh, you got junk, dude. He's picking up my 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 um couches on the street corner. Hey, what do you do, Phil? Oh uh, yeah, well, what's this OSI thing? I need to what, what's data link layer? How do we explain this to complete layman? That has. I no- mean, if I mean the simplest way I could think of is think of um, boy, see that that. that <laughs> there you go, and and, it's, and it's now not, and there not, you have it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's it's kind of like um, it's important too because this is like a conversation with like an end user. This is like this is what happens. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of interesting, right? Because de- depending on how you learned it, and depending on how you memorized it, and and and, and kind of how you view it in your mind, mm-hmm. I mean you you can get some potential different discussions on it. But I mean, if I were to really break it down, you know, think of data link as like the switch, and think of network layer as the router. Right. Mm. And switches send out frames and routers send out packets. Mm. Beyond that, I, I I could tell you there are books on this. Maybe like data link. Maybe detail. data link is like that is like like almost like the different roads and paths and highways and, and the network layer is like what's riding on it. Yeah, I mean it it, it, it you know it it adds on, right? I mean you know, when a frame turns into a packet, I mean, you're, you're talking about information that's getting larger as, as it's going through the pipe, right? It's it's starting to add more information. I mean, data link would be like, okay, it's kind of like your preliminary data, right? Whatever you're sending through. Mm-hmm. And once you get into your router, well, now you're adding more information, turning into a packet. And now you have, let's say, routing information, right? So it, it the packet in itself is starting to get bigger as it goes through because not only you're passing information but now you're giving directions right that that's probably the best way is that. there any ip addressing issues but ip addressing issue differences between layer two layer three uh what do you what do you mean by ip i just like I sometimes mean, that, like i deal with like when i'm dealing with isps and stuff we've got you know oh well, they're only layer two so we can't really get like a slash 27 from them it's really more of this weird natted oh, thing. I see what you're you know what no I mean? you can't yeah, no, it's everything has to be when it comes down to IP addresses, it all has to be at the network layer. You know, data link is more of a dummy. It's, I, I, mm. If I'm not mistaken, I think it just communicates based on MAC addresses. It, it, there's no sophistication when, when you're talking about a, like, let's say a layer two. There's it, It's simply just pushing information around. There's no control over it. Like there isn't a layer three switch. And that's a, a primary example of why layer three switches are useful and a layer two switches like a hub, a dummy hub, or, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there's not much use for them mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe um, trying to, you know, push maybe monitor, out. monitor it's on, it's on, it's off. Exactly. It, it's, it's very, it's, <laughs> I mean, we're talking, I don't know, eighties maybe. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know who uses hubs anymore. But I mean, uh, I, I, I guess it's out there potentially. I don't know. I found a bunch of hubs behind a wall in a with a really on a really bad network with twenty five points of failure, and uh, yeah, that was an interesting story. That was like four years ago, but that's still new to have hubs in your business four years ago, and to that's odd, and, and to and to say you have problems is like, well, what's the real problem? 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like what, the problem is probably not the hubs. The problem is the reason why there's still hubs there. Um, okay, moving on. We've got layer three, um, which is a, a, a more in-depth kind of, uh, I guess, I don't know, we just say like, I don't know, information routing protocol or something. Again, now you're starting to, this is where I, this is like where we're grading where Phil Howard's actual real, um, you know, um, knowledge stops. You know, we could have like the the the, the layers of the, the Phil Howard layers of actual knowledge of, of IT here. Um, so let's go to network layer and transport layer session layer. Let's just kind of, you know, breeze through these real quick here, just for anyone listening. And this might yeah. make, this might make a good conversation topic. You know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, there's probably a lot of people that would have, you know, well, in different ways of explaining this, this should be like a contest explaining the seven layers of the OSI model to, I don't know, whoever, who can do it best. There's going to be an award. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, quite honest, it's, it's, you know, this is every IT professional in the industry goes through these seven layers. And even in a professional world, you're always kind of looking back at it and thinking to yourself, okay, in your mind, right? Where, where do you start, right? There's a problem. Mm -hmm. You start at the actual device itself, right? Is it powered on, right? Mm. And then data link would be, okay, if it's powered on and it's going into a switch or a mm -hmm. router, Is right? that busted? Yeah, I mean, is <laughs> it is it is it moving right? Is anything yeah. communicating? Well, I like and then, this. of course, yeah, this is, this is very useful. Keep going. Yeah, no, and I'm just gonna move up the line, right? And then yeah. when you're talking network layer, okay, you're talking layer three switch, you're talking router. You know, is is there a VLAN setup that's causing issues? You know, are you getting packet losses and so and so on and so forth? Now, if it if it routes to where it needs to route, and now you're talking about the transport layer, that's when you're talking about okay. You know, is it a is it a, a TCP connection, right? Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, UDC, I, I don't even remember anymore. I'm just going off of memory, right? That that's going to be you're kind of like your transport. Like, how is the information moving, and what protocol are you utilizing, right? What 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 um, uh, UDP was the one. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, and then of course, once that connection is made, right? And you're talking about a session, right? And, and the best way I always thought, think about a session is just like, you know, A, connecting to B, right? A connection. And, and that's kind of how I, in my poster, I, I try to emphasize a bridge, right? Not, not to confuse it with an actual bridge, which is, would be a layer two, but just a bridge that there's actually communication from an A to B. Um, now I'm seeing course, a little, I love this. Now I'm seeing, I'm looking at the little you see diagrams. The symbolism behind it, right? Uh. And then once that connection's made, now you're talking about, okay, how is it being displayed, right? And that's, Kind of like, you know, presentation and, and, and application. I mean, there are... This is where we complain about the GUI. This is where we're like, who who did this? Or, or wow, this is amazing. Yeah. What what kind of pictures are you using, which would be presentation? And of course, application is what, what, what you're viewing this device on. And then the other 8, 9, 10 is now you're dealing with the human factor, right? Is it an individual, right? Which would be layer 8 which is probably where all your problems okay, so, are. Yeah, so, <laughs> okay, yeah, so why did we add this layer eight on? Because... You know, like I said, it, it, it was a request uh, based on a director uh, at Aragon National Laboratory. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. as I started researching it, you know, I figured, you know, this is unique. This is different, right? We mm -hmm. always talk about the seven, but we never talk about the other three, which, is, is, which in this case would be the individual, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or the organization mm -hmm. or government. Yeah, why government? You know, oh. Maybe the love of space. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, government. Yeah, so that's more like, yeah, regulations. Um, uh huh. Compliance. What is Are it? GDPR. Compliant? Remember, what, was it GDPR? Was that, is that, am I getting that right? GD, uh, what was boy, the weird, what was the European thing, you know, that came in and we had to follow all the, you know, the internet, you know, security, like anyways, I think it's GDPR. Anyways, PCI compliance, You're probably right. PCI uh, compliance, HIPAA, PCI, HIPAA, all that stuff, right? Uh -huh. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting, right? Because you have all these different compliances and, and the way the world's heading, it, it seems like these uh, are being applied when they're convenient. <laughs> so these are like theoretical kind of, not really uh -huh. theoretical layers, but they're not, they're completely off of the physical at this point, but they touch the physical layer. 
at some place somewhere. Yeah, eight, nine, ten is all human. All human driven. You're going from a machine mm. driven architecture, give or take a flow, to, to then a human flow. So it's, you know, they probably don't teach it because, you know, I don't know. But it, nonetheless, it's, 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 uh, I thought it was kind of cool. So nine is great because a lot of people don't have policies in place. They might not have a security policy posture of any sort, um, mm-hmm. which needs to be in place. Um, yeah, and that and that's the thing, right? You're, you're talking about more of you know, it's kind of funny, right? Organization, right? How are you organizing your policies, right? It's, it's Do you have any policies in place? <laughs> but the the other thing amazing about this poster, again, Tom Gorl dot net. Or .com? Does .com work too? I'm just uh, no, it's .net. Someone yeah, beat me out to .com, so I have .dot uh, .org and .net. That's like another debate for another time that I could care less about .net .com. I think it's all fine. Um, Tom .net. Other people like I know people that have changed, gone through massive organizational changes just because they finally got a hold of .com. They went from .net to .com and like literally made their life. Like just that change alone can be so huge if you have thousands of users. Yes, because everybody's aware of dot com. I mean, dot no, no. I'm saying what I'm saying is from an IT perspective, like making that change. Like, hey, I finally got dot com. I need you to change everything to that. I, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know, from <laughs> like all the, you know, I don't know. I'm assuming there's a ton of DNS things that change. Um, you know, uh, just, you know, I don't know, migrating. Do you have to migrate 365? Do they make that easy? Just changing a domain? I'm sure you can just like... No, you just update the records. I mean, all you're okay. doing is just pointing things, right? It's, okay. It's, 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 it's much more simpler than that. You're just, if you do get, you just, you just add to the record that, hey, if someone goes here, this is where I want them to be routed. So it's, yeah. it's even simpler than what most people think it is. Okay. Well, that's good. Any record, most likely. Revealing myself again. The, so let's see, where were we? Individual, organization, government. Oh, policies and procedures. It's amazing how long we can go without policy and how many people probably don't. Yep. How many, how many organizations do you think don't have a, like a, an updated, let alone policy alone, but what about updated security policy? You know, it's interesting because there are some policies that I've, that I have uh, been aware of, and I won't name them, but there are there were some institutions that they've had policies, right? At one given time, you know, but it was written five, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, and I do know on the governmental side that they're, uh, you know, they're pushing for the sieges compliance, right? So they've said, okay, you know, a lot of um, a lot of government agencies that ha- that implement a lot of uh, uh, kind of like, you know, they have a lot of like kind of important SSI sense of secure information, maybe even top secret, right? So they, they have been trying to uh, implement the CGIS compliancy when it comes to two-form authentication, placement of computers. Um, you know, if you have a laptop in the car, um, let's say in this case, a police vehicle, you know, can the can the um, uh, can can this you know can civilians see you know critical information when they're walking past your car, <laughs> right? So, you know, this is stuff that is becoming a, a bigger and bigger um, issue because information is becoming so widely available that you have to implement policies in place to make sure that you know information that you don't want the public to see, or let's say they don't. There's no need to know basis that they're not just walking past and, oh, okay, there's your social security number. That's great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's becoming a, a, you know, overall pretty big issue because you have a lot of private entities, you know, they're outsourcing to different countries and that's, that's fine. But when it comes to like, you know, uh, accountability, you, 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 you kind of can't sue someone in a different country because again, their laws could be different than our laws. And, and that's where the, the issue comes in, right? How important is your information to you? You know, if, if your social security number is compromised, you just can't get a new one. You know, it kind of sticks with you your whole life. So, you know, you hear about a couple of years back about the uh, government breaches, 
Um, and I can't remember at the top of my head what department it was, but in essence, they, they were compromised. All their information was, uh, was stolen. And then six months, six months later, then the fingerprints were compromised. They took the fingerprints. Now, you know, what a person's going to do with fingerprints, I don't know. But, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, and you're talking about uh, government information. I mean, they have everything about you in there. So it, it's kind of a big deal, right? Um, and then when it comes to identity theft, that's even a bigger deal because if charges are made in different states, you have to hire that attorney in that state. You got to show up to court. I mean, it, it's thousands of dollars and years of a headache. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- and that's that's where, you know, I feel that when you're talking about the layer nine in this case, right? Policies and procedures, you know, that's kind of an important thing, right? Because we should have like some, we should just invent some kind of thing where you, with the government where you can just turn off your social security number. Do not allow my social security number to be used for anything other than for the government to track its investment. My, I have a friend that's a, I don't know if I'd call it. I don't want to. Like, I don't want to insult him by calling this a conspiracy. By calling himself a conspiracy theorist, because he'd say, you know, just look it up. You can look at why the social security number was created, blah blah blah, and it's really for the government to track its investment. I was like, okay, and hopefully someone will listen to this and have a lot of uh, comments on that. Um, let's talk just a little bit. Just give me a general rundown. You know, what's your day to day job? You know, you're in Greeley, Colorado. I went to Colorado State University. So this is kind of near and dear to me. You know, when we used to drive through Greeley, we'd see like the brown cloud. You could kind of see it in the summertime. If it's really hot out, you could see the brown cloud and you'd be like, roll up your windows, roll up your windows. And there's no rolling up your windows when you drive through Greeley, Colorado. It doesn't matter because when you hit that, like as far as the eye can see, sea of just cows at the slaughtering factor factory. Um, I am a proponent of meat, by the way. Um, you just can't avoid that smell. So there's that thing of, there's, there's that area of Greeley, Colorado that, that I have a very fond memory of. And let's see where else I worked for a call center back in the day as well. And, uh, one of my, my friends, one of my Mexican friends like to talk about the Chupacabra and, uh, let's see, what was that movie? What was that Stephen King movie? The, the children of the corn. Wasn't that based on Greeley, Colorado too, or filmed there or something like that? Uh, could be, you know, I'm not, I'm not a native, but uh, <laughs> it, 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 I, I would imagine it would be. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that are famous in, in Greeley, Colorado. It's, uh, you know, so for anyone out there listening, but um, yeah, it, near and dear to me, Greeley. And then when I started out with this uh, Cisco startup company, I was right, I was in Longmont, so I was right next door as well. So you're in Greeley. What's your day-to-day IT job? Boy, uh, if I had to go over every individual item, this would be a three-hour podcast. But um, what I can tell you kind of where um, IT is heading in my world, um, you know, due to uh, COVID and the, uh, the desire to have an organization that's more remote, um, I, I would say that uh, one of the things we've implemented here is that we have... Um, not a complete, but uh, a, a, we're, we're pushing towards kind of that serverless environment um, to where laptops are, you know, uh, utilizing Azure AD to where laptops could be provisioned, you know, and then in essence, what that means is, is that, you know, once a laptop gets purchased, I could do a direct ship to the consumer or to the employee um, that's receiving the laptop mm-hmm. and have the process of automation um, utilizing autopilot and Intune and whatnot. It, it, it pushes out all the software that's required and there's very, very little um, customization or configuration at that point. Um, and, and, that, and that's kind of um, one of the things I, I pride myself on is because it, it cuts down on a lot of uh, what I like to call manual labor, right? Taking stuff out of the box, uh, opening it up, updating it, configuring it, installing it, all that fun stuff. And, that, and there are... Um, software out there, but still, you still have to add it. You know, if you're going old school, you still have to add it to the domain controller and do all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and in this particular case, it automates the whole process. So that's something that's taken a lot of time. Um, uh, you know, that, that that's something I don't have to quite focus on anymore. And I could focus on more things like security. You know, that's becoming a bigger, bigger thing. Spear phishing is is 
almost a constant occurrence. So I'm always looking at policies to implement to where, okay, what do I, what do I do? Right. What's the policy if we get hit with malware? Um, what's the policy if, if information is stolen? What, what's, what's the policy if, if, if data needs to be recovered because it's been, you know, maybe deleted, compromised or whatnot. So that's kind of um, in my role, you know, those are the, the questions that I ask myself and those are the questions I need to come up with answers for because, you know, it's, it's great, you know, making sure everything works, but, you know, you have to have those contingency plans and on a managerial side, you know, that that's kind of like, okay, is this a good policy? Is this a bad policy? Is there a better mm. way of doing it? Mm. And, um, you know, IT is evolving so quickly that it's, it's, it's really hard uh, to, to kind of keep up, right? Because when new, let's say new products come out, I mean, yeah, it, it works wonderfully, but guess what? You have to learn how to use it. And uh, there are a lot of different academies based on different products, but I mean, in this line of work, you know, it's, it's not a question of, of learning. It's a question of finding time to learn it. So that's, that's kind of the obstacle, right? So like I said, I could go on and on about this, this particular topic, but I mean, it's the goal is to simplify things as much as possible. If I could just have a job writing headlines for books, I would love it. It would just be like the best thing in my life. So this is what your headline of the book that you would write would be. Well, and, and that's the thing too, right? I mean, now going back 10 to 15 years. Well, well, right? Check this out. No, seriously. I'm, I'm going to write your head. I'm going to write your book title right now. Okay. Well, you're going to, your book title is going to be whatever, but your book title or sub headline is going to be cutting down on time. So you can focus on security policy um, without the evolving world of technology, making everything you do obsolete. Well, I mean, but, the, <laughs> but, see, but, but see, and, and, and just, pushing back, I mean, you know, adding to it, right? Going back 10, 15 years, one person could kind of do quite a bit, right? But every individual profession, if it's, you know, if you're a cybersecurity specialist or if you're a system administrator or network administrator, every specialty is becoming so complex to where you just, not one person can know it all. It's, it's It's too fast changing. It's evolving constantly, right? Now we're, I mean, just now, if you look at switches, for instance, right, like we mentioned, now there's layer seven switches. So, again, you know, the evolution of each individual profession, it's, you know, anybody, I mean, you can learn it, right? It's just finding the time to learn it. Yeah, Grab well, it's book, like, it's more like 500 pages and then it's kind of like, what do you pick? It's like, what do you like? How do you pick what to learn? And that's, and see, that's the question, right? That's kind of a question because this is the thing. I know a lot of people that went to school for switching and routing, right? They wanted to be Cisco people, right? Oh gosh. And then they get a job and they don't even do it. It's, they do something completely different. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, you I know, tell you people that all the time the they're like, when they're replacing a phone system, right? I don't understand. First of all, I don't understand why 95% of the world isn't on Microsoft Teams yet. I did say Microsoft, this is on LinkedIn. I do expect some extra virality of this post or this show because I said Microsoft. There's probably some, I don't know, AI thing or robot or something tracking my voice before it's even reached the internet. So I'm just saying that again, Microsoft and Teams, and I believe 95% of the world should be on it. Now, with that being said, why would you go to a Cisco call manager? Because I've got to go hire five guys. I got to go hire five guys that, you know, like, got to go learn, learn this stuff. It's crazy complicated. There are, well, that's the thing, right? There are pros and cons to every... I'm going to just going to say appliance, right? You know, if, if you've been a Cisco person for 10, 15 years, sure. Is it overcomplicated? Of course it is. Is it powerful? Yes. But, you know, the question is, is that do you, do you, do you want to buy, do you want to buy an appliance to where you need an engineer to maintain it? Right. And well, company, going back to presentation and application layer, let's bring this, let's keep this, you know, we're, we're going to try to keep to the, the, the base that we started. Let's go back to presentation uh, six and layer six and seven. I think there's other people that are doing layer six and seven a little bit better. 
at least on the voice sure. perspective, maybe not on the routing side, but at least on the call center voice, SIP trunking, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to call, voice side. Maybe Teams isn't up to date yet. If you've got a really advanced call center, that's fine. And there's other people that have APIs and you know, things like that. But just from the from the presentation and application layer alone, why do I have to hire a team of five people that have gone and studied and gotten a Cisco certification just so they can run the switch? That that's that's a good question, right? That that's a really good question. I mean, uh, the only answer that I come up with is that because <laughs> it's complicated, because it's so customizable, right, uh-huh. on a GLI, okay. that you could, in essence, fair enough, make it. You know, you could you could secure it qu- quite a bit. And you have full control, but the more control you have over something, the more knowledge you need to have in order to go ahead and modify it or <laughs> or utilize it. To its fullest. So, and, it's- and then we got, now we can add in and again to, to kind of keep on the. I don't. I'm usually very ADD, so the fact that I am doing this is like a plus <laughs> for everybody. Um, to take it back to the poster, which I've got to go back to your website here. Um, we've got to go back to you know now we've got layer eight, nine, and ten. We've got the human layer, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and because something's so customizable with full control, we got to go, then go back to the human layer and the really the policy and procedure layer as well. Because with some with such complication, with such customizable controls, you need to stay on top of that, and you need to keep all your certified guys to stay on top of that. Otherwise, your humans are going to screw it up. And your policy that might be fresh and new, which you also have to keep up to date, may not be in alignment with your complicated switching infrastructure or whatever thing that maybe another company with a complicated background has a name stamped on. Yeah, I mean, the more, see, and that's the thing, right? The more secure, the the, 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 the more complex the network is. The more slow. The Well, I mean, the more difficult it is to maintain. Yeah. Because, you know, now, granted. Even just to move out change, to make changes, just to make well, a change. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? You, you typically don't want to go too crazy with your firewall or switch because again, you know, people have to work company though. Companies do not like downtime. And if you don't, if you do run into an issue, you know, you, you don't have three hours to go figure it out during a company, you know, company hours. I mean, you typically want to do things, you know, you know, when, when an organization is closed, but then again, you're going to you're going to find out if you made a mistake when the company opens back up, right? I wonder if there's like I bet you there's a data scientist out there. There's a data scientist that can do this. And uh oh, is, sure, I got to take I got to take notes on this. There's a data scientist number cruncher out there that can probably tell us at what point or at what layer of security do we give up? Now, all the CISOs and security people are going to say like, "Oh, you're crazy." Right? But there's got to be a layer where the return on investment stops. So there's a layer where like we don't invest so much in security because it's going to slow us down and kill profits. Um, but there is a layer where you lose it all. There is, there is a level where you lose it layer all. eight, <laughs> which is the person. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of people, I was, this debate all the time is like, well, why do we allow the C-levels or, you know, it depends on the company culture. I think if you've got good leadership, the C-level will follow all the security policies and they won't um, expect um, special, you know, I guess a, a buy on the security because typically they're the ones that are probably attacked the most, at least from a spear phishing since you brought that up earlier. Um, and that's, and, I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I believe that 90% of compromises happen from spear phishing attacks. Right? It's a human. It's easy to do. Somebody's it's, trying to mimic somebody else. Hey, um, this is your boss, whatever that name may be. You change one character out of email. Yeah. Hey, I need you to send a check here. I need you to send whatever it may be. It's or not that hard. That it's really not that hard. It's no. it, If you're a criminal and you're a nefarious, I like that word, nefarious individual, um, it doesn't take much. To to crack the human code of just humans being of making mistakes. Yeah, it's social engineering. I mean, in essence, what do you you know what are you trying to do? I mean, you know, it was kind of funny because they had there was a TV show to where 
uh, I think it's called Hack Five. I think is the organization, uh-huh. and they get hired by different organizations to kind of find out where their weak points are. Uh-huh. And they dressed up as contractors, held a ladder. Mm-hmm. They walked right through security. The security guard even opened the door for them. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, you're now you're in a now you're in a s- secure area, just holding on to a ladder. Oh my gosh! Construction clothing, right? And then, yeah, packet sniffer done. All kinds of other things we could do pretty easily, you know. Um, and that relates to that relates to would be layer nine, right? The corporation uh, and stuff, or maybe even layer ten for that matter, right? What what is your policy from when, a human when from a residential? Yeah. Did, when someone walks through the door, do you just let them on through? Is there any policy? I mean, you know, these are things that, you know, even on an IT level, I mean, you have an IT people writing these policies out right now. We're like, not only are we physical security, I'm sorry, we're, we're um, uh, uh, um, no, I think I'm here. Um, you know, we, we, we deal with security on the computer level. Now we're also dealing with it on a human level. And, and it's and it's an oddball thing. It's it's like it's going to come know. down to biological warfare and um, changing people's genetics. Old IT guy. <laughs> it's going to come down to like just you know like genetically modifying humans, the genetically modifying the the crime out of humans. It's you know it was you know a total recall. It's going to be like it's going to be like Running Man, Total Recall. It's going to be like every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie ever made. You know, um, all put into yeah. one, and we're going to call it real life. Terminator, the IT guy, <laughs> the IT edition. <laughs> the, oh, it's, uh, it's, you know, funny how we um, predict the future based on our own desires. Basically, all we have to do is just take human desire and put it into a movie and add IT and we're good. The, I completely forgot where we were and I had something very important to do with something to do with the, the human layer and, and, Anyway, spearfishing and where were we? We were talking about oh the complications yeah. of Cisco switching and well, your day to day and your day to day work. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. Um, what would you say? Because everyone wants. I believe. I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But I believe every IT leader director would love to have more time to do the things that matter. But I think there's tons of competing priorities and what um, is known as context switching, numerous things throughout the day which take you off task, interruptions. What is your number one or number two um, way of freeing up that time, cutting down on on time waste? So in that, and that will relate to, I would say, layer number nine, right? Since I work for a private entity, you know, that that is coming up with policies of how to deal with things, right? Because, you know, it's the cell phone orders. It's the, hey, I need a laptop. It's, it's all those things that really, you know, take up time. Because if I have to sit on the phone with Verizon for 45 minutes to deal with something, right? Because who else is going to deal with it? It's about coming with up with those policies, right? Here's the form, have everyone sign off on it. So I'm not chasing people, put it on my desk. And, um, you know, maybe it's going to take two days. Maybe it's going to take three days. I mean, I, I wish that were the case, right? But, you know, it's implementing those policies to where, you know, you don't have people, you know, on, on the way to the bathroom, someone's asking you, hey, I need this. And, yeah, setting uh, expectations. I'm not thinking about that one. You know, what I mean, it's 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 kind of those kind of ordeals, the, the hallway entrapment, right? It's no, don't mm. don't reach out to me in the hallway. Write me an email. Um, so that's that's where the policy policy driven factor really helps. Write you an email? Some nuisances. Did you just say write you an email? What about enter a ticket? What do you do? I mean, what, what about well, like yeah, some other I like mean, more advanced? process of of funneling these people through maybe you can figure it out on your own before you enter a ticket yeah i mean ticketing systems i mean that's of, of course that's definitely necessity it just depends on the size of your corporation or entity whatnot i mean we hear it's small to medium size um so i don't i have not yet implemented one but as the organization grows 
and the demands get a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> I hope we didn't just open the. Uh, I hope we didn't just open the floodgates of salespeople that sell ticketing systems to call you or software guys. You're gonna get you like, know, and it's interesting. <laughs> you're gonna get like 15 requests now in your LinkedIn inbox. Hey, by the way. Oh, no, that, that's already, I'm already getting about 50 to 100 a month. I mean, that's not going to change. But it, it's it's kind of interesting because even if we're going to talk about ticketing systems, it, it, it's it's so bizarre, like how there's so many ticketing systems and it always lacks a feature, like a critical feature, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's I, I don't know. I mean, every ticketing yeah. system I've ever used, it, it's just, it's always lacking something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um. Yeah, it's um, that's that's my complaint with Salesforce as well as a as a database. It's lacking so much. Yeah, it's it's. I um, mean, and it and it's kind of it's kind of crazy because it's like you're always and I get it. You know, as IT people, we want products to be customizable to the way we handle or conduct ourselves. But in in reality, it's you know nothing's perfect. So I I understand that for sure. Yep. Well, not everyone thinks alike either. So we've got to, yeah, we got to bring them all together. Do a panel on the on the ticketing systems. The, yeah, have a have a kind of like a um, what do you call it? like a survey? <laughs> yeah. The okay, so the policies in place. Um, what else we got? Any other? Um, okay, how about this? What's the worst spear? What's the best spear phishing worst attempt you've seen recently, as of recent? Uh, you know, so right now, um, what I'm noticing is that uh, you know you receive an email saying, "Hey, you know your invoice is ready," or something along those lines, right? Yep. And you have to click on a link that uh-huh. looks official. Uh-huh. And then you look at it, it shows like, hey, it's an Office 365 email account, right? Uh-huh. It looks as if it is. And then, you know, the 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 fear is, is that they actually log in with their real credentials and it turns out to be nothing. Mm. Uh, but one of the things that are have been implemented some time ago is the two-form authentication, which saves companies like you would not believe. Because this is the kicker, right? If, the, if their login is compromised, you still need to get that six digit code that gets texted to your cell phone in order to log in. If it does not recognize the device from which you're logging into. Right. That's kind of like, I would imagine that's a standard, like two form, two factor authentication. Like it's slowly getting there, but believe me, there are some entities that are still behind. I I, I do talk to people in, in different industries and, you know, people don't like change. And it's kind of one of those ordeals to, you know, some people react. They're very reactive, right? Oh, my goodness, we've gotten compromised. And then they go ahead and implement. But I've seen it the worst when it comes to government facilities. On a governmental side, I see it pretty bad. Um, there are still no two factor, no two factor authentication on the government side. That's just, that's it, it, crazy. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, they've always been behind, but it's, <laughs> but it's still shocking that you still see it. You know, they're not, behind, not, but not. ahead. You know, they're behind, but ahead. You hear people no, say, they like, have all the money in the world. They just don't implement." <laughs> but a lot of people say, like, if you look at the technology that's existing in the public right now, like the government's usually like three years ahead. So why are we behind? You know, it, you know like, there's there like are, this weird irony. There's this weird kind of like thing going on. This like and, thing. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm not like I said. I'm not. I'm not going to bash anybody. But there are. You know, some agencies out there that are utilizing technology from a very long time ago. And, you know, there is the whole, well, we don't have money to, you know, hire a firm to update it. Mm. But then you look at the information like, well, this is so critical to where you almost don't have a choice. But, you know, it I don't know. It's 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 really weird. It's very, very weird. But nonetheless, it's, you know, it, it's always like that. So, the, I mean, hopefully, I have noticed it changes, but it changes slow. Yeah, gotcha. The you were a transportation security officer at one point in the past. U.S. Department of Homeland Security. What was that yeah. like? It just, it just, it just. Um, uh, it yeah, seems it, interesting. It, it, it was a stressful job. It, you know, it wasn't particularly one I was happy with, but you know, <laughs> I, I did my part. I did my part. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I contributed to the to the safety of the country and, and the way I knew how, but. You what know, was stressful? It was, if you don't mind me ask, what was stressful? Um, well, I, I would tell you we screened about, I don't know, 12 to 18, 20,000 people on a daily basis. And in essence, you know, when, when someone 
is missing a flight or running late uh-huh. and they have to go through the, our procedures, right? Uh-huh. The policies that were set forth and voted on and agreed on whatever, yeah. you know, people don't seem to, it's kind of like it, right? People you know, lose their mind. People, happens. yeah. People lose their mind. Yeah. So, you know, it, it you know, it, it's, it's a tough job. I mean, I, you know, I feel for all the officers out there, it's not easy. I understand what they go through and, yeah. And, uh, you know, I respect what they go through because it's, it's definitely not an easy job. It's, it's tough. It's a tough one for sure. Is, um, would you have any suggestions there for travelers? I mean, what about, um, should you get your pre-screening? Um, you know, I had the, what is it called where you just get to walk through the uh, line? Pre-check? Yeah, yeah. Is that helpful? Uh, I mean, I mean, if you travel a lot, it, it definitely, it definitely helps, right? Because the whole premise behind it is to speed up. Um, the line for people that travel a lot. Cause I mean, if you're traveling all the time uh-huh. and yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely useful, right? It, it, it is worth the cost because it gets you through line quicker, right? It's like a premium pass, give or take, you still get screened, uh-huh. but you know, it, it's something to where um, like, like if you travel once a year, is it worth it? No, of course not. Right. I mean, you could wait a little bit, just get there earlier, but if you're traveling two, three times a week, then yeah, it definitely helps cut on time. And I would say even stress. Uh, because in essence, you're kind of paying. You're kind of paying to be put in front of the line, right? Or a different line in this matter. Yeah, it was but, like you know, you yeah, know, seventy bucks for like five years or something. It's not that bad. Yeah, and it's and it's not bad, right? They whatever they do on the back end to to verify that you're safe and all that. Well, I, I have no idea what it is, but whatever they do, you know, you're, you're pretty much paying for that check, right? And then they look at you and say, okay, you've been approved. You know, you're you're not a bad person or or potentially not a bad person or however they make the determination. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a good thing. And, and the premise behind it is, is to speed up, you know, speed up traffic for those that travel a lot. The, for anyone out there, uh, you know, just general advice, maybe someone getting started in IT, is there anything that you struggled with a lot that you wish you had known uh, prior to that um, you know now? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you mean, in other words, go through the, just uh, go through the pain. Okay. It's going to be, a, there's going to be a lot of pain. Just deal with it. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, so if, if you're getting into this industry, I'm going to say, you know, it, it's the human factor, right? It, it's not, it's a stressful job, right? Because people are coming to you with problems, right? And even though some things, because they're on a computer, and it, it may not even be technology related in the sense that it's something that you should even be looking at anyway, but you're, you're that person that they rely on, right? So it, it could be, hey, I can't log into my email account. And let's say it's even personal, right? Mm-hmm. And you're showing them how to do like a pass reset. I mean, sure, they could have done it themselves. But you know, it's you're going to have those people that don't know anything about computers. And, and yeah, it kind of gets frustrating because you do think to yourself, well, come on. I mean, it's, it's almost 2022. I mean, you don't know how to do this yet, right? But there are <sighs> those, those that don't know how to do it. And, and even on a more complex end, it's, the best advice that I could give people is that you're just one person. You know, you're not going to know everything. Okay. You're going to stumble into situations where you don't have an answer, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, look at the OSI model. If it's something that you're trying to physically figure out, or like let's say a, a appliance of sorts, right. Uh, network, utilize your resources and, and, and just take it at your pace. Right. Um, Cause anxiety builds up. You want to get it resolved. People are anxious, but again, you're, you're one person you're not going to solve all the world's problems on your own. So, you know, take it at your pace, try to calm yourself as much as you can and, and just think it through, right? Think it through every things uh, will get solved. We'll get resolved. We'll get fixed. It's just, you know, I, when I got into IT, it was kind of like that, right? Call comes in and you're panicking. Oh my God, I got to get this fixed right away. Cause blah, 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 blah. You know, you're just one person, right? And, and you, you just do the best you can. The fact that you're, there to pick up the phone and you're handling the customer, you've already mm-hmm. done dirty for job. Right? Just just pick up the phone is like a huge is a huge piece. Yeah. Pick up yeah. the phone, find yeah. out what it is, and just go through the process, whatever your mental process is, or whoever you need to reach out to that's about, you know, like I said, there's no IT manager or director mm-hmm. in the field that's gonna know everything. You just don't. You don't have the time to know everything. You know, and it's you know individuals that are Let's say they're network engineers. They're not. They're not going to know the same level as a system engineer, right? Because again, 
you're dealing with two different things on a constant basis and you're not going to know it all. So uh, that would be my advice to individuals. Just remember, you're not going to know it all. Just, just do your best and, 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 you know, try to manage that stress level as best as you can. Cause if you are at that point where you're constantly stressed, it's just not worth it. You know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's just a job. So, well, thank you very much for being on the show and uh, everyone out there listening. I always forget to do this. If you appreciate the job that we're doing over here at Dissecting Popular IT Nerds, please go to iTunes because the iTunes reviews, believe it or not, are the ones that matter the most. Uh, probably most of you are droid device people. I don't know. You've got to have someone that has an iPhone, borrow their phone, go to iTunes, scroll to the bottom, rate Dissecting Popular IT Nerds um, on iTunes because... Believe it or not, Apple is one of the fourth largest producers of internet traffic in the world, uh, especially when it comes to podcasts. So I would greatly appreciate it, especially if you like it. Leave a review, uh, write us. And this, uh, Tom did not plug me to do this. He did not reach out to me on LinkedIn and say, please advertise my website. He did none of the sorts. I found this on my own all by myself today and I thought it was really, really cool. And you just happened to be on my podcast the same day. So tomgorl.net, T-O-M-G-O-R-A-L.net, buy the seven layers of OSI model or the 10 layers of OSI model, which we're going to try and push, I guess, into the future. Uh, really cool poster. It'd be even cooler if you framed them and I could pay like $300 to get this thing sent out framed. Maybe think about that. It's probably way too much work to do for this fun little hobby of yours. You could, you could the, on, on uh, Amazon actually has a uh, really good frames made in the US. Um, pretty, pretty good wood, pretty good frame. I think it's like 30 bucks or 20 bucks. I mean, I, I don't know what it is now with yeah. supply chain issues, but you don't even have to cover that much. You know, it's not even that much. I, I mean, think overall, you should I, add a link back. I think you should add a link back to me and I'll link I back will. to you. Let's, let's do this on the show, you know, and as seen, heard, as heard on, <laughs> as heard on dissecting popular IT nerds. Okay. Um, thank you very much, sir. Uh, you have a, you know, all of my, you know, all my best to, to you in the future and uh, future leadership. Philip, thank you so much for having me, bud. Yeah, man. Thank <laughs> you.